Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Our boys are three and a half, one and a half. Does it have to be within the last three months because no. they changed so much? No. You just don't care. No, just a nice card. Just what would you, if you up. had made a card this year, spoiler alert, you didn't. I didn't. Nor will you. What no. would you have on it? Well, you mean the picture? I'd have uh, Lupica on a horse, <laughs> and I'd have all of our names on it. And that's what, that'd be funny for I me. Say, I would anyway. have a, I'd have a picture. <laughs> Nigel your, thinks that's the funniest thing. I have a picture of your cl- uh, cluttered attic. Yeah, you could put a picture of the attic. Cheers. Tony yeah. Kornheiser. Yeah, that'd be fine. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. So to bring you up to date, we do have a card. Michael arranged for there to be what a card. What can I say? You're welcome. Yeah. Michael, why don't you describe, describe the card? What's always great is Dad turns into a copywriter when it comes time for cards or any missives yep. that he wants Carol to come out. So he basically just walks in the kitchen and goes, take this down with a pen. Right. I want, I'll have copy on your desk by noon. Yeah. So we have a picture of the of the boys, in the, the booster and the, ham, and the hammer in the attic on the PTI set from Halloween. And would you like to describe the message that you first requested? Um, I just, at, at first I just said, uh, happy holidays from the attic. No, no. Happy holidays we're trapped in the attic. Oh, we're trapped in the attic. Yeah, nobody. Two young persons nobody, trapped in your attic. That was considered to be in poor taste, and I understand that. So ultimately, and I had to write this. I didn't have to write it down. I had to say it four or five times. You had to read it out loud. Every time I would say it, it would come out wrong. But finally, it was happy holidays from the attic. And then, as I looked at the picture, I just said, you know, do you think it'd be funny? I wrote this to Michael. Do you think it'd be funny if we said, we're not going to identify the children by name or age or any of that. There's no point because it's just from Carol and Tony. And I said, do you think it'd be funny if we said, these are not professional actors. These are actual grandchildren. (laughs) And then I, I refine that to just say actual grandchildren, comma, not professional actors. And in it, italics, yeah, and it bottom. was underneath a, a bottom footer. one, but you know, you have to look for it. But then it was changed to real grandchildren, correct? Who did that? That's who, that was who defied text, me in that. That way. was the text that you sent to your daughter in law. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't say real, I said I always actual is such a better word. Oh, this Actuals, is what you wrote. You I, voted, I voted that you should have put the boys' names, and then where people traditionally put years, just put Walker parentheses SP question mark. <laughs> You know, I don't know, no, but but we're happy. The where are the cards? Well, apparently you're not as happy as we left you on. No, Friday. no, no, I'm really happy with it. Where are the cards? The cards. Well, are Carol, when Carol saw we this, we paid the upcharge for okay. you know three day shipping. When Carol saw this, she said, "Oh, that's funny." Liz had a funny line, and I go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" I wrote that. I wrote that. She gave credit to Liz, and I wrote that, and I took the credit back. Well, you didn't write that line. Or no, but I but it's an but, original, better line. Well, Actual is such a better word. It is. It's a better word. But conceptually, it was mine. Yeah, right. Screen, conceptually, screen, screenplay by Anthony Kornheiser. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy with it. I'm very. I hope to see it and send some of them out, and then to pay you for doing it because you did it. Because if that was left to us, and by us I don't mean me, we would never <laughs> have these cards. We would never have. You still cards. may not ever get these cards because they're being sent to our house. We even went to the extra length of yeah. adding your personal address on the back of the card to save you some time. Yeah, that's nice. Thank you on that. But I mean, yeah, but actual is such a better word. I, why are you so upset at this? 
saying we offered a service to you. Yeah, it was very nice. And you will be paid. You will be, you will be handsomely commensurated for your service. You will be indeed. Indeed. Will um, you send today, out the card? I was, was going to say, will you, will you send out the cards with the letter that goes with it? Hey, everyone, an update on, on your entire no, 2020? No, no. In fact, I probably won't even sign them. I probably <laughs> won't. You know, I mean, but then then every once in a while, you know, you have to acknowledge who you're sending them to in some way. So at that point, yes. But my my feeling is you can only use these cards this one year. So use them up because they'll grow so much in a year. Oh, sure. You know. So, you you know, it, like I was criticized by my son. I mean, if we're getting into criticisms back and You're forth. You're not even naming this son? I was criticized by my <laughs> son. son. I don't have, I only have one. I was criticized for using an old picture of the dog last year. Correct. The She's dog. a dog. Who, who knows how she, old she, she is? She used a picture of her as a puppy. Well, you, you know. described this dog on air as a certain weight and size. And right. you send her out as a cuddly puppy from the first day we when we rescued her. She's cuter that way. She's cuter. Uh, today, December 7th, is Pearl Harbor Day. This is meaningless to a great, great, great percentage of people alive in the United States of America today. And meaningful only to a small percentage who lived through it in 1941 very small percentage of people. I would say that in the way that Dunkirk is mentioned in virtually every post-Shakespearean British plot movie, you know, of, of movies, that that is Pearl Harbor for us. Wouldn't you say that Pearl Harbor defines American history in the cinema? That's what I would say. Do you think that's true, Nigel? I do. I mean, obviously, watershed events for both countries. I've always thought of the, the sort of the modern version of Pearl Harbor was was nine eleven, for you know, for people that want to, something that resonates with them now. But yes, but, yeah, but I don't know how many movies have already been done about that. Well, Whereas true. virtually every war movie in American history post Civil and War is about one of those movies helped helped uh, Frankie's career, Frank Sinatra from Here to Eternity, right? Yes, yes, that was a big yes. big thing for him. So I got this thing in the mail the other day. I have to tell this story. Look, look, you're going to want to know about these football games. You watched them. We all watched them. Six of them went down to the final Great seconds. Sunday. It was spectacular. Phenomenal. It was just a, let me just list. When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. Oh, they stink. <laughs> so the Giants and Seahawks, the Saints and the Falcons, the Lions and the Bears, technically the Titans and the Browns, the Jaguars and the Vikings, the Raiders and the Jets and the Colts and the Texans, they all went down to the last play. I mean, you got a shot. You know, there's there's a play in the last minute that defines those games. So, I mean, you didn't really come here to hear me say that. I got this thing in the mail. So my letter carrier is Rhonda, and Rhonda is great. And Rhonda comes up to me on Friday, which she doesn't usually do to talk to me because, you know, the the letter carriers don't really want to get involved with you. But she's working. Yeah, and, and also there's, you know, there's coronavirus. Yeah, but she holds up a, a small box, and she says, um, one of my friends noticed your name and, and gave me this box to give to you. And I looked at the address, and the address, I think, was Chatter. It was Wisconsin Avenue, 50-something. 5247? Yeah, Wisconsin Avenue. Um, and she said, you should fill out a card so that you could get everything that comes to you in chatter. And I said very quickly, it's all junk. Don't worry about it. It's all junk. And so I sent her on her way, you know, to continue her rounds. And then I opened this box and I realized Rhonda is right. 
I should do that. I don't know that I will, but I should. And in this box was a lovely, lovely pen box, a wooden pen box, you know, that you hold a couple of pens in. And indeed, there are a couple of Bics right in here. And at the top is written, inscribed into the wood, quote, kid, you'll never go anywhere in this business if you don't use a Bic, unquote, Jimmy Breslin, which is a story I've told a thousand times. It's my first ever encounter with Jimmy Breslin, who I idolized. And there's a note inside this. It says, hi, Dr. Tony. My husband and I bought a woodworking business in our hometown of Menominee. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Michigan, Menominee, Michigan, a few years ago. It was either that or a restaurant, but I think we made the right choice. My brother listens to the podcast every day, and he said that you enjoy receiving fish skins and paydays, but thought you'd appreciate this as well. And what it looks like, her name is Jesse Chernelsky, it looks like that, and the Mick Wood team. And the Mick Wood refers to the actual name of woodworking. Mikutowski, M-I-K-U-T-O-W-S-K-I, Mikutowski. So I tried to thank her via email, but the email did not go through. So I got a number for her. Um, I, I just called Mikutowski and left a message saying, I hope that Jesse will be able to get this. And I thanked her very much. And then Carol showed me the work of Mikutowski woodworking. It's gorgeous. It's mostly, as you would expect, jewelry boxes. It's, it's stuff like that, but it's gorgeous. Right, but there's an attention gorgeous. to detail with the contrasting uh, top versus the wood. the wood. And then it seems like the seams the are different stain as well. Yeah, it's two different woods. The wood used here is curly maple from the United States and shedua from Africa, S-H-E-D-U-A. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. And it's, you know, it's handmade. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. So if you're looking for jewelry boxes or pen boxes or something, I'm smiling. I'm going to recommend Mikutowski, M-I-K-U-T-O-W-S-K-I. I'm just imagining if you still went into, say, the newsroom at the Post and you, and you walked in with the flex of putting that down on your desk. Oh, I would. Oh, I definitely would. If like, I had a, a desk anymore, and I don't, I have Uncle Benny's table and I have a chair up in the attic. But if I ever went back to the office, I would bring this with me. It's really, it's really nice. I'm really grateful for that. And obviously, Rhonda is correct that I should fill out a card. God only knows what's waiting for me there, but I don't want to get Have you driven skins. past recently? I have not. Uh, don't, don't, don't. Is it sad? Uh, yeah, is this it is, sad? It, it's very sad. This is just another reminder of to the power of the, the relationships we form with all of our local neighborhood uh, postal carrier delivery people. Yeah. So that's really, that's really nice to hear. It's really nice of Rhonda. I was very, very grateful for that and very, very nice. So let me get into the sports to a degree. Um, I'm I, I just going to talk about the Jets for a second. Not all of you rooted for the Jets when you were a child. I, I understand that. <laughs> I don't particularly root for the Jets now, but I want the Jets to do well. I just want them to do well and not be the embarrassment that they have been in recent years. Adam Gase will not be the coach next year. Everybody knows that. They, if they finish, and now it looks like they won't win any games. This was, they won this game. This game is won. There's 35 seconds to go when the Raiders get the ball back. They have no timeouts. Any professional team in any sport closes this out. They close it out. And on the last play of the game that matters, 
a Raider receiver goes up as you're watching TV, up the left sideline, top of your screen, has total separation from a DB. Single coverage. Total just, separation. And, you know, it's three yards. And Derek Carr just lays it in there, and the Jets lose, and the Raiders win. And, you know, I'm happy for the Raiders. I'm happy for Jeff, for Jeff Leonardo. I'm really happy because they were going to lose that game, which would be the single biggest embarrassment of the season this year. But Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, apparently calls an all-out blitz. The Raiders, Full send. Yeah, the Raiders pick it up, and Carr hits it down the left-hand sideline in the end zone, in stride, fully in stride. It's so terrible that they lost that game. They're so terrible. They should all be fired today, right? They should all be fired today. What are you waiting for now? Just fire everybody today. That was terrible. That's why uh, Carr's comments, as soon as he sees that blitz coming, he, he's almost like, seriously? Yeah. And, he, and he knows that this path is there. He's an eight-year quarterback in the league. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He, this is not a rookie. You're not going after Jalen Hurts, who, by the way, looked pretty good. And I don't know if yeah, – I think I don't know if what will happen with Carson Wentz. That was another interesting game. The Saints um, and the Falcons – Taysom Hill looked good again. That's They're 3-0. and Over the last two years, the Saints are 8-0 without Drew Brees. 8-0 without Drew Brees. The Jaguars and the Vikings, that goes to overtime as the Jaguars come all the way back and I think get a two-point conversion to force it into overtime. Uh, Mike Glennon looked good, but then there's, there's the, the Vikings go all the way down the field and they don't want to give their kicker a chance. They don't because he's missed two extra points in a field goal. They do not want him on the field Finally, they have to put him on the field, and he makes a kick, and they win in overtime. Um, the Colts and the Texans, the Texans are driving to win the game, and there's, there's a, a snap to Deshaun Watson. He can't handle it. It's picked up by the Colts. The Colts escape that. They win that particular game. By the way, favorites, I think Chuck Todd made this comment. He may have made it publicly or maybe privately to me that in the last few weeks, favorites are having a real difficult time Real difficult time. Um, and they did again yesterday. Jeff Ma went four and one. Jeff Ma is seven and two in the last two weeks and is above 500. Chuck Todd at the moment is three and two with two Monday night games ahead of him. Do you and think the, some of that favorite has to do with the, the lack of home field? I do. I do. You don't I'm have thinking, fans I'm there. about the Seahawks game. You don't have fans there. Yeah, you don't have fans there. Sure. You know, and Jeff Ma, Jeff Ma always picks people up to cover like he picks underdogs almost all the time right almost all the time and he won with denver and he won with the jets you know he he had a very very good week um so that was good i watched i did because it was too cold to play golf yesterday and saturday i did that thing on sunday that excites me more than anything else with three minutes to go before the red zone the comes on i tune in I live, military march. I live with the stupid commercials. I live with them. Yeah, but I, I tune in because I want to hear 200th the music. 200th episode with Scott Yeah, Hansen. so I thought about this. Scott Hansen said this is our 200th episode, 11th year, or 12th year, whatever it is. How many episodes PTI has? Let's say you go seven straight hours with no commercial. I days. understand that. I understand that. And, and I admire him. And I like his show very much. But we've done 4,000 shows. He's done 200. We've done 4,000 shows. So shut up, you know, about your 200th show. Really, you know, shut up. You play the schedule as it is. That's right. Yes. Um, Cleveland? So Cleveland had like a million points in the first half and then had to hang on with Tennessee. But that's a big win for Cleveland. It's the first good team they've beaten. Yes. So there was a lot of stuff that happened. We will talk to Wilbon about it. David Aldridge will join us later with local stuff for us. 
um, including Alex Smith and Russell Westbrook. James Harden, by the way, doesn't look like he wants to play there. Didn't show up for either of the things he was supposed to show up for the last two days. He had a coach, Stephen Silas, cover for him saying it was COVID protocols. He's not going back there. He does not. He doesn't want any part of Houston. And Wilbon believes he's got all the leverage. I don't know. By the way, the Bears, God, the Bears stunk. The Bears lost that game. They were ahead the whole way, right? They were ahead the whole way. And then they had Trubisky. Wilbon is going to go crazy to fire Nagy. (laughs) Going to go crazy. That's my prediction. All right, Wilbon will join us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Are you an Amazon Prime member, Michael? I believe you are. I am indeed. Did you know you can watch NFL football live on Prime Video? That's right. It's the future of football. You can catch all the action on any device, almost anywhere in the world. And my problem with any device is if I hold up a pair of scissors or a picture frame, can I get the action? I don't think I can. I think they mean a specific Amazon device, right? They don't. Amazon enabled? Okay, Amazon enabled. So if Amazon, if Jeff Bezos is listening and you can get a pair of scissors to get this, I'm happy. I got scissors in the drawer. Alexa. Yeah, put it on the scissors. You can choose your favorite <laughs> announcer. Again, they haven't listed Bucky Brooks. I want to say his name. Get next-gen stats. Watch in-game replays on demand, all within Prime Video's X-Ray. X-Ray. Instead of Thursday night this week, catch the Dallas Cowboys at the Baltimore Ravens this Tuesday, December 8th. That's tomorrow night. Kickoff is 8.05 Eastern on Prime Video, also available on Fox and NFL Network. NFL Network simulcast subject to change. So you know they have to do that. That's part of their deal. They have to mollify Fox and the NFL Network. But here's what they don't have to do. They don't have to mollify anyone when they say presented by Bud Light Platinum. Platinum Upgrade. You're listening listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Crooked Coast. The song is called Troublemaker, and it features, as usual, Luke Vos, letting loose on vocals reminiscent of Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire and John McNamara's melodic tones, balancing out the latest offering. This is Luke, John, Ben, and Shaq, the boys from Crooked Coast. And this is called Troublemaker. Their stuff is good. Their stuff's always good. They're playing in Michael Wilbon, and we're going to start with Wilbon, who's in Arizona, with Northwestern circumstance. I went through the paper to try to find out where Northwestern was playing, and Northwestern did not play. What, what, What prevented that game, or were they scheduled to be off on Saturday? No, Minnesota uh, outbreak stuff. Okay. So because of Minnesota's situation, that game was canceled days ago. Okay. Um, And so as it turns out, uh, even by not playing, we're we're at a point at five and one where we didn't, didn't, that game is not going to hurt us. We've had enough games. We had not missed a previous game. And so we play Illinois Saturday with that game meaning nothing to the standing, to the conference standing. So um, we're we're in so the you're the you're in. The you're going to be in the three years. All right. Now yeah. you don't necessarily play Ohio State, right? Well, or will you? You know, it's hard to. I, you know, no, Tony. I, I guess if there's some, if Michigan was to beat, well, you know what? 
if they play the game, I don't understand how Ohio State doesn't get in. Right, it's only that's right. They've beaten Indiana head to head, so I don't I don't understand it. But you know, the whole thing is whether they can play the game and would the Big Ten, you know, go back on this rule if they weren't able to? If Michigan was unable to play, the problem isn't Ohio State. The problem is Michigan and whether or not they have enough people to to go out there and field the team. So if I understand this correctly, what the Big Ten could do is say something like this. Northwestern will play somebody else like Indiana in the Big Ten championship, but Ohio State is qualified by us to get into the football playoff. They could do that. They could do that. But the football playoff people would have to do that. They would have to say, we don't care. Right. That's we're right. Not, we're, we're, we're not. We're going to certify Ohio State as being eligible for this. So, right. Yes, that could be done. Yes. Did you watch? Did you watch Alabama or Clemson or Notre Dame or no, Ohio State over the weekend? No, okay. I watched zero college football this this weekend, Tony. I started, and then it was just like so many games were canceled. The season has become such a hodgepodge of stuff where you don't even know who's going to play, if somebody's going to play. Um, can they stay true to the schedule? That is just, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm turned off by it because I understand why. And I'm not like upset with anybody. This is what we've got. But wow, it's so disjointed um, that it's just, it's just hard to, for me to maintain my interest outside my own circumstance. I watched a lot of the BYU-Coastal Carolina game, and it was an okay game. The, the level of play isn't anywhere near the level of the top teams. It's just not. Coastal Carolina won at the end. They hung on. They tackled the kid at the one-yard line, a BYU kid. And it was nice. Wow. It's nice. Yeah, it was nice. A lot of money. Um, yes. So I saw yes. that play with highlights, but I just didn't. You know, I, I want Tony – you know, like college basketball, which I usually, I love the burst at the beginning of the season in November. I haven't watched November, any of it. December. I've watched I don't watch little. it. Very yeah, long. I don't watch it. Yeah. All right, so let's get, let's, let's get to, well, let's just start with the thing that you're going to get exercised about most, which is the Bears. Um, Mitchell Trubisky has a late fumble, um, I, you know, that I... The Lions win the game. What I, I, the Lions are terrible. They fired yeah. everybody during yeah. the week. They're terrible, and they're on the road, and they win the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, as you know, at this point, I'm not. I'm, I'm exercised in the moment. Like watching that yesterday, I was nuts. But then, you know, I'm on. You know, my text chain with my group text with people who include former actual Chicago Bears. And they're like, why are you getting upset? You, these people have to go. And so <laughs> losing is the only way to, to ensure they go. So what are you, what are you doing? And I said, I, I, intellectually, I know that. Emotionally, I've never rooted for them to lose a game. But, you know, they, they've got to go. I mean, Ryan Pace, the GM... And Matt Nagy, the coach. Look, Tony, I've been telling you that I thought these guys were less than competent when the team was 12 and 4. You thought I was insane. Yes. So what are you talking yes. about? They were 12 and 4. They were a reasonable, they were a must make field goal away 
from advancing in the playoffs in Nagy's second season and Mitchell Trubisky's second season. And I was like, no, that was Nagy's first season, actually. And I just, I, you know, uh, so I, I want them gone as quickly as they can be gone. They are, they're not just, you know, Tony, you can, you can be bad. You can be just not good enough. The Bears aren't just not good enough anymore. They're stupid. They, they're dumb. They're, they're, they're anti-intellectual when it comes to what they do. They just, you can see they just don't, they don't buy into this coach. They're done with this coach. They know this coach has failed them. Yes. And so is the GM. And so now they're a team that is just probably depressed. They look around and go, we were just, we were 12 and four. We went out and beat the Rams a couple of years ago. We beat, we have enough to beat Tom Brady. We, we have enough to beat these teams and we're, we're, we're starting over. Half of us aren't going to be here. And so they're an aggravating, annoying, they're kind of a disgusting group right now. I, I don't feel that way often about that. I've, I've seen, I've had plenty of bear, bad Bears teams. But this is, there's, there's incompetence at the top of the pyramid. And these people have to be fired. And I guess, you know, the piece I set up last night reading all these pieces about who might be the next coach. And Tony, for me, this is difficult because the two names mentioned, you know who I wanted to be the coach of the Bears three, four years ago. Five years Harbaugh. Ago. You, know you wanted Jim yeah. Harbaugh. Yeah. Harbaugh's name is increasingly mentioned. And something that you came up with two weeks ago. Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Fitz. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure, local so, kid. Sure. Yeah, and, and their names are being mentioned increasingly. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't even know. I mean, you can't allow Ryan Pace to make the choices to hire the coach. You have to go out and get somebody else who may not want to hire fit. You have to go get football people who know what they're doing because these people don't have any idea what the hell is going on. Well, let's go to some some teams that also don't know what they're doing at all. The Jets. There is no way. Like, there's no professional team in any professional sport that allows that to happen. It just just can't happen. It cannot happen. No, no. It's not even a Hail Mary. It's not a Hail Mary. It's a routine streak up the sideline separation by three yards cannot happen it can't happen it, it, no it, it can't happen and by the way i just to, just because i have to correct this i'm going to take copy of it for a second it, it's gerald pat it's gerald i think it's Fitzpatrick. but anyway you, i know you know who. oh yeah i meant fitzgerald yes i'm sorry yeah, yeah. so tony did you hear the people commenting on that game afterward on the jets about this this this, this all-out sort of blitz to leave Greg Williams. Jeez, are you kidding me? It's just terrible. They're, they're, Tony, every week I wind up referring to something that is all-time stupid in the NFL. And, Tony, there were, there were lots of things that went on yesterday. Where you have, you, you have the announcers now, and they are low to be critical of coaches in the NFL, the games they're talking about, they're describing. They're just low to do it. They don't want to do it. But you take away the obvious people, you know, Belichick and Sean Payton. You, you take away the obvious handful of coaches. 
Tony, the stuff you see week after week now in the NFL is so incredibly dumb. If I was writing a column like we used to, I would just go through the season and point out how bad the head coaching decisions are week after week after week, Tony. So I thought about this. And that that situation, oh, my God. That was terrible. There's a couple of people who were hired this year who I didn't know at all. I I didn't even know their names. Kevin Stefanski by the Browns and Mm -hmm. Joe Judge by the Giants. And Mm -hmm. those two look like they know what they're doing. Those two. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know. If the, the Giants are now five and two since going on, yeah. starting on five. But I mean, they, they did start on five. Does that mean his program is settling in? Maybe. Does it mean his defense is really, really, really good and they can win despite their situation at quarterback it, at present? May, yeah. I mean, maybe. Maybe. But maybe they're still five and seven or whatever they are. Um, I, you know, it's just the Cleveland Browns. They've, they've lost some games that were just inexplicable as well. So I, I'm not ready to crown them, to quote the late, great Dennis Green. I'm not ready to crown them yet. And that was an impressive win by Cleveland yesterday. It was. So it was to beat Tennessee. Yes. Tennessee like that. First half so destroy them. Yes. Yeah, yes. I'll give you that. But there's so much bad. That this, it's, not, it's not that it's bad football, Tony. There's so many decisions where you just go, what is happening? Like, I want to hear the guy who has really said this, too, is Rex Ryan. And, you know, I watched the replay out here. I'm not watching the initial offering of Get Up, which is probably on now out here. I'm not, it is. I'm not it is. It's on yeah, now. I want yeah. to hear Rex Ryan do a full replay of that show. Because Rex Ryan is unafraid to take on his, his fraternity. And I want, to, I want to hear what he says. But that the, the Jets, what, what are you doing? That was that so terrible. And I, text, so terrible. I tweeted, who, "Who's worse? Who is more incompetent, the Jets or the Bears?" That's a big, pretty good race to the bottom. That you know that some, but every once in a while, things happen that are, are sort of exciting, even if in a terrible way. Deshaun Watson fumbles a snap. Houston's yeah. going to win that game. They're yeah. going to win that game. Yeah. Fumbles a snap. The Colts fall on it. The Colts win. Still don't really understand about the Colts. Don't know how good they are. They have an impressive record but I don't know how good they are. I, I did like, I thought the Rams-Cardinals game was a very good game, and I did, you know, I was happy because I thought the Rams needed to win, and you thought the Cardinals needed to win. I, yeah, I liked the game a lot. Out of it. <laughs> yeah, Jared Goff played really well. Goff played really well. You know, and Jared Goff played really well this week, and then he'll go out and stink it up next week. This is what he does. That's right. That's, who he is. That's right. We got to work right. on Jared Goff. You know, he's sort of like Rex Grossman. Who got a team to the Super Bowl? He did, but but before and after, you know, he was. I think he also went thirteen and three another year. To tell you the truth, so but, but you couldn't. There was Tony. Most quarterbacks in the NFL are not great enough to be consistent. They're good enough to to have these high notes that they hit, and it's okay. But do I expect Jared Goff to turn into Brett Favre? You know, and and now go like three straight. No, I don't. No, no. There's only one. There's only one guy. The guy who's going to be the MVP is is Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he was great again. He was great, Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he was great. I mean, but there's more than one guy because Aaron Rodgers ain't even the number one guy. 
is, of course, Patrick Mahomes. I and, think that I think Rogers. I think they'll give it to Rogers because Patrick Mahomes has more to work with. Maybe I think. I mean, you know, you know Aaron Rodgers. While he doesn't have guys who are glittering coming out of college, you know, he's got a receiver that I heard people calling the best guy in the league yesterday. I don't know. Um, Devontae Adams I, is real good. I don't know if he's the best guy in the league. I, I, don't, I, I don't either. I don't know. And, but yeah. Aaron Rodgers was singing praises. I, you know, it's a, it's a weird league because so, because so, so much is unpredictable and because nobody other than Kansas City is great. Right. Everybody, Pittsburgh, I mean. Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh, real good. And by the way, by the way, you talk about consistency. I, you know, come on, this, can we give it up for Big Ben Roethlisberger a little bit more? People seem so reluctant to praise him. This guy has put together a body of work now for like 16 years. It seems undefeated. His team, yeah. is, his team plays with pressure every week. I, I, I agree. I think he'll get a lot of MVP votes if they finish undefeated. I mean, then I, I think, yeah, I think he'll get yeah. a lot, if not win it. He, I think he could win he it. Does he win the same way as Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers? No. 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 They don't have to. No, he doesn't have that arm anymore. He does it no. a, a different. He does dink and dunk, and he, and he's got a. I think I think that guy Claypool should be rookie of the year. Maybe I'm missing other people, I mean, but I know, think I he's think great. He should be too. It might be a lineman or something somewhere. But yeah, that, but I find that interesting. And Tony Cam Newton, he, he can't complete a pass. No, can't throw, but he can run. Tony, there's a guy right in front of him, like 15, 18 yards. He can't get it to him. Three yards. Yeah, I don't know what I mean, happened. Like, oh my God, the injury <laughs> yeah, happened. You know, what, you know what happened. I mean, he he just can't throw anymore. He can't well, throw. He took so many shots. He's and, and and Tony, the courage that he has, the Cam Newton has. So he now, he now is like a college quarterback. He has to run to make something happen all the time. What's New England's record? Are they five and seven? I think they are five and seven at the moment, not six and six. I think, but they're trending well. You know, they look like a so, much so better team. They're one game behind Brady. That's right. Belichick, Belichick is one game. That's right, a full game. That's right. Like three games where you just go, wow, they can't lose this game. Where they gave away games. New England could easily be seven and five. The same. Yeah. As, our as bet is our bet. Our bet New is England. our bet by the end of the year. But it's, our, point is, it's still alive. I'm still alive with. There's yes. no way four weeks ago you would anyone would have thought no, that that bet right. could be alive. And it's still are they six and six, New England? Yeah. Or yeah, five and right. seven? Oh, wow. Six, six and six. six. It's yeah. still one because the other team's seven and five. All right, I will see you later. Yeah. All right, Tom. See you later. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. Uh, we will take a break. We will come back with David Aldridge. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a new ad. I have not seen this ad. I don't know the product. It's called Solo Stove. It says whether you can hand this off to me whenever you are ready, but right. please continue. It says whether you're camping in the woods or at a backyard get together, I'm not going to be camping in the woods, or at a backyard get together, there's nothing like a roaring fire to bring you back to what matters. Uh, the things, digital distractions and the frenzy of everyday life make too easy to forget. Warmth. Brilliance Connection. Those fireside moments ground you in what it means to be human. 
You have this. We have this. So one, I just wanted, for those who have listened to the show for a long time, I wanted Tony to officially endorse a fire pit. Just imagine that. Fire, I, I'm not a fire pit Drive guy. around your neighborhoods, fire pits, these solo stoves, these are the number one things you're seeing everywhere. It's the way we can try and get together safely, be outside, try yeah, and no, enjoy. Yeah, no, the guy behind us, the behind us neighbor had a fire pit going the so other I sh- night. I should talk about that. What I really want to talk about is I love playing with fire. It brings me back to Camp to Bagaman where I used to split logs. And what's so great about this is uh, burns efficiently, lights quickly. Uh, it's a safe way to distribute the heat. And the best thing, the smoke does not follow you around as you try and position yourself on the other side. So it's not one of those things. It's not a heater. No, it's not a heater. It's an actual, it's actual fire. Actual fire. Real fire. And you've used it? Uh, we have not used it yet. We're we're trying to decide if we want to unpack this in our in our driveway. This is again, right. uh, we, we live a small footprint, or if we want to bring this down to uh, my in laws, which they don't know about yet. Easy to light with a few bits of starter. Your fire is blazing in minutes. Take your solo stove with you on the road. Yeah, or set it up on your rooftop or backyard. Solo stove is so confident in their products, they give you a lifetime warranty for every purchase. No one needs a reason to gather around the fire. Solo Stove just took away any reason not to. And now you can get $10 off when you use the promo code TONY at checkout. Go to solostove.com, S-O-L-O, solostove, S-T-O-V-E.com. And remember, you get $10 off when you use the promo code TONY. Use the code, people. Let's, let's, let's We'll bring it over to your house. It's yeah, portable. let's see it. Let's see it. Let's see it. We'll light the fire. This, this is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. This is sent to us by Spencer Thompson in Greenville, South Carolina. These are the new creatures. This is a song called Here. The people who are playing and singing are Conrad Sloan, John Karstarfin. Well, it's two guys and the band. The band is behind them, the new creatures. A five-piece rock and roll band. Drawn to mutual friends and a love of rock and roll. These guys are from North Carolina. Whoa. The band plays most of its shows in Charlotte, but travels frequently to Chapel Hill and sometimes all the way up to Canton, New York, where Conrad and Bjorn attended St. Lawrence University. Do you know how cold it is in St. Lawrence University? My God. My (laughs) God, it's cold there. Whoa! It seems like you can drive to Asheville for the similar feel. Yeah, you're going to need a solo stove in your car. (laughs) It is so cold there. David Aldridge joins us now. David Aldridge is, is now a working journalist. He is writing, he is thinking, he is editing, he's doing all of these things. And there are two things that have happened in Washington, and I know this is local, but David's familiar with them, more conversant with them than I am, and they're big stories. One is the hands-down comeback player of the year in any sport, which is Alex Smith, or who is Alex Smith. And the other is this enormous trade, um, the John Wall for Russell Westbrook trade, uh, that just, I mean, it makes sense monetarily. And it makes sense on a lot of levels. But David, I was stunned. I was stunned when it happened. I mean, that the names are just too big, and I wonder how it how it came about and what you think of it. Well, with the, you know, I think it it was uh, you know a culmination. I think of a of a bunch of different things that were happening at the same time. But it all centers to me, Tony, on the the notion of Bradley Beal's future in Washington and how the Wizards could make their best case for him to stay. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you know how these things go. You don't, 
nobody comes out and says it, but it becomes quite clear that 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 Beale felt like um, it was not going to lead to winning right away uh, for him and the team uh, if they continue to wait for John Wall. You know, they've already been waiting two years. You know, since the injury and, and the surgery. Um, even though he was on his way back, there were going to be limitations and, and, and obvious limitations. I mean, that would that would be logical for someone who hasn't played in two years. There would be games where he wouldn't be able to play. They wouldn't play him on the back-to-back nights. You know, they would be very careful with his minutes or at least try to be careful with his minutes. And then you have to be realistic about what John Wall's future is as a player um, coming off of that injury um, at 30 years old, and, and people have come back from Achilles, but very few have come back and been, you know, the exact same player or better than they were before the injury. And so, you know, Bradley's 27. He's in the prime of his career. He's an outstanding player. And I think he felt like, hey, you know, I, you know, and it's not personal. He likes John. They get along. I don't think they dislike each other. It's just that can are we going to win? Are we going to you know be able to win at a high level going forward? And the answer was you know probably not, but you know it could work, but you'd have to wait. So I think that was kind of one of the major things with it was um, Brad can be a free agent in a couple of years. He, he signed an extension uh, last year, but like all players in this era of, of basketball, you know he can kind of dictate where he plays and who he plays with. And so if if he gets to a point where he says, hey, you know what, I don't want to be here anymore. You know, I want to go somewhere else and play with other superstars or other star players. Um, he can do that. And so I think they felt like we have to do something to make Bradley Beal feel like he can win here and we're going to try to win here. And they don't save anything. Tony, that's the, the ironic part. They don't save any money at all because he and Wall and Westbrook have essentially the same contract. Same there's deal. Almost, there's almost no difference between them in terms of money, in terms of the years remaining. So it's not like the Wizards, you know, gain a year uh, where they don't have to pay as much, or they gain less, or they have to pay him less money. They don't. They pay him the exact same amount of money. It's just that Westbrook's healthy, healthier. And, you know, Westbrook was an all-NBA player last year and, you know, is probably more capable of giving you top-level performance now than John is. You're fading in and out uh, here and there. So oh, sorry. Um, sorry. That's all right. So, well, let, let me get to this. I understand this. I understand this from the Wizards' point of view. I even understand Tommy Shepard, I believe, lying blatantly lying about what he was going to do because and it doesn't even matter because he made it he made the deal yeah why is houston doing this what is in this for houston where they now have in james harden a guy who it seems wants out no matter who comes to that team so why do they do it um well a little bit different reason i think houston's going to get ready to rebuild or is it you know is preparing to to take the massive rebuild step, right? And so yeah. um, I, I think this, I don't think getting John helps them or hurts them in that, in that endeavor, right? I don't think it makes any difference, really. Um, to me, it is, if you're going to rebuild, if you're Houston and you're about to, and I think they will trade Harden at some point, it may not be tomorrow, 
but it's coming. I mean, it's inevitable. When when superstar players say they want out, usually they get out. They want they wind up getting traded one way or the other. Yep. Either they leave as free agents, so they wind up getting traded. So, um, I think if you're Houston, you say, "Hey, we're going to rebuild." Um, taking a chance on a guy like Wall is not the worst thing in the world. You get a first-round pick. Now, I know it's not much of a first-round pick, I grant you, but you do get a first-round pick out of the deal from Washington as well. John is an entertaining player, as we all know, when he's healthy, and he, and he certainly looks like he is, is, is healthy this uh, time around. Maybe, hey, I need to sell some tickets, too. You know, I need to put some butts in seats um, going forward, and if I have to trade Harden, I need somebody here that people are going to want to pay money to see it. And John is a very entertaining player when he's healthy and when he's right. So I think that's part of it. But I think the main issue is Westbrook, like like Harden, <laughs> said, I want out. I won't be here anymore. Um, and they had to trade him somewhere. And there just weren't many people that would be willing to take on that salary. And again, Washington was willing because it's a push. They, it's a push. It's a yeah. push. It's a push. And here's the thing about here's the thing about Shepard. To be to be fair to Tommy Shepard, I mean it's it, it is that it's that lawyerly kind of you know it depends on what the definition of is is kind of yeah defense. yeah yeah I know did he did he technically lie No, he didn't technically lie because the question was did John ask you for a trade today. <laughs> <laughs> and he said no, no which is right. technically true, but obviously the question was, the, the, the inference was, has John asked the organization for a trade? And that was- so let me, let me find this out, because you were around the league for years and years and years and in these mm-hmm. locker rooms and on the court. Yeah. Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant walked out on Russell Westbrook. Paul George yeah. walked out on Russell Westbrook. James Harden, clearly it is, doesn't work with Russell Westbrook. I think he's a great player. But is mm-hmm. there something in his personality that makes it hard for anybody to be around him? Um, I think he's very demanding. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and say that, that that played no role in those players' decisions. I think there were other factors, though, Tony, as well. I don't think it was just, I can't play with Russell one more second. I don't think it was that. Okay. You know, I think Kevin Durant was tired of being in Oklahoma City. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, that's the bottom line. He doesn't want to be in Oklahoma City anymore. And he could have been playing with, you know, Steph Curry, and it would have been the same thing. He wanted to going to play with Steph Curry, obviously, but um, he just didn't want to be there anymore. Um, you know, with Paul George, that one was, that's weird because they actually played very well together, um, but it didn't work, you know, obviously. Um, but, yeah, no, there's no question. Russell's demanding to play. It's hard to play with him. It's hard to play with him because he's a ball-dominant guard. He has the ball in his hands all the time. And I don't care who you are and how good you are. Everybody wants to touch the ball, Tony. You know that. You know that yes. about basketball. Yes. It's the, you know, you guys want to touch the ball. They want to feel the ball in their hands every once in a while. And with Russell, you kind of have to go sit in the corner and wait or you have to move without the ball. And some guys can do that, but the best players in the league don't want to do that all the time. They want to have the ball in their hands, too. So um, it's hard for great players to play with him because of that. Harder, I should say. And that's going to be the challenge with Bradley Beal because we've seen in the last two years that Beal has become 
a much better player with the ball in his hands. He's become a good playmaker. He's become a good finisher. He's become a really good passer. And you kind of put that at risk by bringing a guy in who has to have the basketball to be at his best. Well, we'll see how that works. Scott Brooks coached him before, so maybe that helps in yes. Scott Brooks last year because if he doesn't win this year, he's not staying. They've yeah. paid him too much money. Let me shift over to Alex Smith. This is amazing. I don't know how you feel, but every time I watch him play, I gasp. I think his leg is going to snap off when he gets hit. They're playing. Nobody will watch PTI today because that game is on opposite uh, PTI, right. um, which will get the lowest rating of all time. But what do you make of Alex Smith, and what do you make of – um, Ron Rivera going to him with yeah. a little more success than I thought. I think that more success than anybody thought, Tony, including yeah. Ron Rivera for that, for that matter. I, I will be, I, I cannot believe that Ron Rivera thought that this, you know, Alex Smith was going to come in and play this well. He has played exceptionally well. He has, I mean, he has. You know, there is no, you cannot debate this no matter what you think about Alex Smith or Ron Rivera or Dwayne Haskins for that matter. Um, Alex Smith has been remarkably good uh, considering he's been off for two years. You know, I mean, this is like if John Wall came back and was, you know, playing at an all star level. Yeah, it's just uh, amazing. You don't expect it. You do not expect it considering the severity of the injury that he had. And the two years off and the lack of timing and playing with, you know, receivers he hasn't played with, um, it's incredible. He's been, he's been really, really good um, and, and has given them a, an improbable chance to win. And, it, look, it's a terrible division. They're not a good team, and nobody in that division is good, but they have a chance. Like, it, it's, not, you know, it's not as good as it was before Sunday when the Giants went up to Seattle and beat Seattle, and won. which nobody yeah. thought they would do. But right. they still have a chance, Tony. I mean, they've got a decent chance. I mean, if I don't think they'll beat Pittsburgh, but if they were to somehow beat Pittsburgh, I mean, they would have a really good chance to win the division. And Alex Smith is one of the reasons they have that opportunity. It's it's, it's a great story. Um, he does not. Um, he is not in the position, and none of us are in the position to ask him because of you know the pandemic and all of the limitations we all have to really be introspective about what this means to him. He's kind of a one-week-at-a-time guy. You know, it's all about the next game. At least that's what he has said to us um, after games. But it is remarkable that, and inspirational to anyone, I mean, to his teammates, but to other people to see this guy. I mean, we all saw that thing he had on his leg. I mean, that's, that was an insane thing he had on his leg. You know, that was just – it was it – was, it was frightening to, that someone would have to wear that. And we all know about the surgeries he had. So um, it, it's a great story. And, and kudos to him for, for persevering and for continuing to believe in himself when really nobody else did. I sure didn't. And as I say, I gasp every time I think he's going to get hit. Uh, the, other, the obvious question is, what does it mean for Dwayne Haskins? I mean, you know, it's, I think that's up in the air. Honestly, I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody can say with any certainty what they think, you know, what, what's going to happen with Dwayne um, here. Um, it, I don't think, I don't think, uh, even though Alex is playing great, I don't think long-term this team can say he's our guy going forward. I mean, I just don't know how you could say that. He's 36. He makes a lot of money next year. Um, you know, he's played remarkably well. It's not, but let's not go nuts. He's not Mahomes. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. Um, 
you know, so I'm not sure what it means. It does. None of that means that they're going to bring Haskins back. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm saying it, they may they may go in another direction from all of the quarterbacks they have here on the roster right now and bring someone else. And I just don't have any. I don't know how anyone could know that right now. But my inclination is that they would probably, depending on how they finish and what their record is, and if they have the capability, I think there's. You know, what I understand, there's, there's at least three and maybe four really good young quarterbacks in, the, in this dra- upcoming draft. And if you have a chance to get one of those quarterbacks, I think you probably would go ahead and do that if you're them. Um, and, and my guess is that means that Dwayne Haskins wouldn't be the, the long-term solution here. But I can't say that, that, that that's going to happen because they may not be able to get a quarterback. And I don't think they've completely given up on Haskins yet, but I do think it's, it's not realistic to think that he is the long-term solution either, just based on what's happened this year. Amazing. It's amazing that his, his downward spiral, um, and he didn't even play that badly, and it's a downward spiral. 23. I mean, he'll play yeah. for somebody. It may not be here. Yeah. Now, I got a question for you. Yeah. Why would Dylan sell his music? Why would he do that? I don't have any idea. He doesn't that's need so, money. I don't get saying. it. It's so odd. Why would you do it now? That doesn't yeah, make any I, s- you know. <laughs> he's a he's a he's not a billionaire, but he's a hundred, three hundred, four hundred millionaire, right? I mean, right. no, no, it makes no sense. All right, no. I'm gonna get out of here. Talk right. to you. Thank okay. you, David. Okay, sure. David Aldridge, right. boys and girls. <sighs> David Aldridge. It's so nice when we get Jeannie, when we get David, when we get Tori, when we get Gary, when we get Chris. It's nice. Makes me feel good sitting alone in, well, not alone. Michael's here, but I'm sitting in a dining room. And then later I commute to my attic. (laughs) (laughs) We will have uh, email and a jingle when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Simply Safe ad. Everyone wants to keep their home and family safe, whether it's from a break in, a fire, flooding, or a medical emergency. Simply Safe Home Security delivers award winning 24 7 protection. With Simply Safe, you don't just get an arsenal of cameras and sensors, you get the best professional monitors in the business. They've got you back day and night, ready to send police, fire, EMTs when you need them most straight to your door. Do you think they would come to the studio like if they saw. If we reported that someone was eyeing our studio, Taking which we our chairs. haven't been into in so long, would they show up? Because you guys, you and Nigel, you and Michael set up Simply That's Safe right. there. Yes, we have the observation system in place. Good. They've got an arsenal of sensors and cameras that protect every inch of your home or studio. You can set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. It's super easy. Then Simply Safe's professionals take over, monitoring your home 24-7 or studio, and ready to send help the moment there's an alarm. Plus, with Simply Safe, there's no long-term contract hidden fees or installation costs. And right now, listeners to this high-quality podcast get a free home security camera when you purchase a Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/tony. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. Visit SimplySafe, S-I-M-P-L-I, SimplySafe.com slash Tony for your free security camera today. That's good. Do it. That's SimplySafe.com slash Tony. Use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here 
Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all of you folks. Thanks to Jason Fuse. Don't send him faxes. Actually, you could at this point. We wouldn't get them. Want to do the Bethesda bagel? Rhonda might find them. Bethesda bed. Bethesda bagel, Nigel. Yes, thank you, Mr. Tony. Uh, Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. Several locations around the D.C. area. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location nearest you. And I believe they're opening a branch office up now in Easter Island. And I think Luke Russett will be the manager of that facility. But uh, stop on by. You love it. That's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say it's all cold down on the beach. The wind's whipping down the boardwalk. Hey, band, you know what time of year it is? What time? What? Oh, Christmas time. You guys been good practicing real hard? <laughs> Clarence, you've been rehearsing real hard now, so Santa will bring you a new saxophone. Everyone out there been good or what? Oh, that's not many. Not many. You guys are in trouble out here. That's Bruce Springsteen. How can you read girls. that without doing the voice? It's just because I can't do his voice. Uh, thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon and David Aldridge. Thanks to our sponsors today, Amazon Prime, Solo Stove. That was new. Simply Safe. And remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. From Kirk in Shepparton, Australia. I've listened to the anguish in your voice about the difficulties of online shopping. I know the internet can be confusing for a one percenter boomer such as yourself, but please take solace knowing you're not alone. My significant other, an early 30s college-educated woman who grew up in the tech era, recently changed our online wine order. Her intention was to cut down our consumption by spacing our wine orders to one case of wine every four months. She butchered this, and in the last month, we have received four cases of wine. That's 48 <laughs> bottles right before Christmas, which we are hosting. Normally, this wouldn't bother me. We would cancel the subscription and stretch it out over the year. No big deal. But after 112 days of COVID lockdown restrictions lifting in the state of Victoria, Australia, due to no cases in 34 days, 30 people can now attend our Christmas party. After 112 days of staying in their houses, people are ready to party. They're going to be all over these bottles of wine like squirrels on a tomato plant. What do you suggest I use to stop the pillaging of my wine supplies? Should I cover the bottles in cayenne pepper? It's very funny. <laughs> Jerry Peck in Baltimore, Maryland. You were wondering if Chuck Norris is really a tough guy. I think Nigel said, well, he's not Charles Bronson tough. Chuck Norris was a professional karate world middleweight champion for six consecutive years. He owns black belts in four different disciplines of martial arts and has a career professional fighting record of 168-10-1. Being loud wrong is one of my favorite things about this show. Ha ha ha, you're idiots. From Jeff Sontag in Madison, Wisconsin. When Nigel let you know that Walker, Texas Ranger aired from 1993 to 2001, the amazing response of, oh, he's more current than I thought was tremendous. Can't wait for you to discuss other current events, like Tiger Woods becoming the first man told all the majors at the same time. If the Patriots' 2002 Super Bowl is a sign of an upcoming dynasty, and how long the pristine record of Lance Armstrong's dominance will last. One of the Walkman's many nicknames, Walker, Texas, baby. That's Oh, that's good. <laughs> Brendan like Borzelli in Lebanon, New Jersey. With the Jets covering against the Raiders, it's probably a self safe assumption Jeff Ma will be taking the Jets no matter what the spread is the rest of the way. It's like when Tulane is plus 48 at Texas. We know Carville's going to take Tulane. We hope he won't do it, and then we cringe when he makes the pick and cry out, no. Then once in a while, Tulane will cover. Rather than rejoicing, it leads to a dreaded triple play on Tulane the following week. If Jeff Ma starts making triple plays on the Jets, you got to cut the call off. The show only has room for one Carville. Uh, from Jennings... Heisner in Cambridge, Massachusetts, who has a 2012 outback with a UVA medallion. 
Uh-oh. Dear Dr. Hammer's grandpa, I feel it's always Bootsy's grandpa, so I'm evening things out a little bit. I write to you after returning for a week spent with my parents. My dad, while not as ancient as you, has started to get up there in age and has taken to repeating some of his great old stories. He did that over the weekend with one of my particular favorites. I thought it would be of interest in light of the great Jack Vardaman's passing and all the Masters talk recently. In the early 90s, my dad was lucky enough to be a guest at ANGC, Augusta National Golf Club, for a weekend. He got to play both the par three and the full-length track, going a very respectable plus one on Amen Corner. The night after he played, he and his companions had a meal in the members' dining room. The host for the weekend greeted them at the table shoeless, having just walked in from fishing in one of the ponds. I hope you boys are hungry, he said. I just caught us a whole mess of bream. Ten minutes and one pair of boat shoes later, a waiter appeared with a plate full of fried bream. We're all eating, right? Without waiting for an answer, the member who had gotten a head start on happy hour proceeded to frisbee plates to each of the guests remarkably without breaking one. The looks of shock slowly dissipated into guffaws and the night went on from there. It's hard seeing my father get older. I know Michael must be going through a lot of what I am right now, but hearing him tell stories he loves makes me remember why he was Superman to me in the first place. Isn't that nice? That's really nice. From Lance Morrison in Dinsmore, Saskatchewan. We have personal video recorders on our satellite or television receivers. So our PVRing is just like your DVRing. I used to PVR PTI every day, but now that I'm so good at podcasting, I can take you and Wilbon everywhere. We love Mr. Tony in Canada, although the woman I'm related to by marriage keeps asking me why sports guys always have to yell so much. I've been <laughs> listening to you since you used to sticker people who mailed in. When you are ready to go in depth on a Canadian football league season, I'll be ready for you to call me. Shout out to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's good. Do you know all the teams in the CFL? No, you don't know. I don't. Them. At one point, weren't there two Rough Riders? Was it Cal? Or was it Calgary Stampeders? I guess. I thought there were two. Yeah, rough I think riders. they were the Stampeders. Yes. Uh, Andrew Vogelin, Spokane, Washington. Am I the only one amazed that Michael's most commonly played song isn't Baby Shark? And this <laughs> is from G.G. Keller, and he said, "I wanted to thank you for doing the show." My dad, dad introduced me to the show when the quarantine first started. It's generally been one of the bright spots of the last year for me. I look forward to listening every day as so many segments and guests bring me pure happiness. I'm not sure that it really does, but I feel like your show, your show connects my dad and me, even though I'm more than 10 hours away from him while I'm at school in Tennessee. I imagine him listening while going through his workday while I listen throughout my school day. Your show was mine and his most listened to podcast of 2020. My love for sports and the show grows every day thanks to you. That's all. Just wanted to say thank you. Isn't that nice? That's really nice. Gigi Keller. Thanks very much. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Stop the hammering. Stop the hammering Stop out it. there. Who's got a hammer? Where is it? Where's the hammer? Is it on here? Go up on the other floor. Somebody go up there and stop the hammering. Stop the hammering. So great. <laughs> so great.
and obnoxious kids. Skinny as a chopstick kid's advice. The guy was so toxic, it's no wonder we were so cautious. Arsenic mixed with the love, her sickness hits like a drug. Riding around with our inner demons, hanging out the window, screaming. Beach lights, nighttime, CD cases, white lines, plain clothes, blue lights, lightning quick, we move like making no where you throw. Never found that thing we thought we came right back, we picked it up same night. Yes, I am. 